0: Open with me this morning to the Gospel of John, chapter number 11. Do you love the Word of the Lord? Do you love Jesus? Amen. Praise God. Amen. This morning I want to talk about living in thanksgiving. Living in thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. And we're going to John chapter 11, and I want to bring you to the part uh, about Lazarus. And uh, I want to start from uh, verse 38. It says in verse 38, Jesus therefore again being deeply moved within came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And so they removed the stone and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou heardest me. And I know, I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people standing around, I said it that they may believe that thou didst send me. And when he had said these things he cried out with a loud voice Lazarus come forth and he he and who he who had died came forth bound hand and foot with wrappings and his face was wrapped around with a cloth and here's what I want to focus on and Jesus said to them unbind him and let him go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Unbind him and let him go. The Bible just tells us in that account, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus is a God of compassion and mercy, isn't he? The Bible says his compassions are new. I love that verse. His compassions are new upon us every morning. And so God had a Compassion, his heart was moved. He loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But Lazarus died. He was dead. He was dead. They wrapped him up, put him in the tomb, and four days, they said, he's going to stink, Jesus. You can't bring a dead man back to life. He's going to stink and smell. And then Jesus says, for the glory of God, if you believe, all things are possible, How many of you know all things are possible? You know the story? He called out the name, Lazarus, come forth. And nothing in, in heaven or in hell could hold back Lazarus from coming forth. Lazarus was raised from the dead and he came forth and Jesus says, unbind him. Take that wrappings that were bound him in death and let him go. Let him live. Let him walk upon the face of this earth. Let him breathe. And we know that it goes on to say that the Lazarus, uh, what do, how do you think Lazarus felt? Now, we talk about thanksgiving. We talk about giving thanks to the Lord. Now, how do you think Lazarus felt when they unbound him and he was able to see Jesus standing there? And well, how do you think the man felt? Do you think that he said, well, Jesus, thank you so much. What do you think, how do you think, I bet you Lazarus must have been shouting the praises of God. I bet you he probably did a little jig or something. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm alive. Do you think a dead man is not going to pray that was brought back to life, is not going to praise God? Do you think he's not going to, well, want to shout and tell people about it? Lazarus was, from that point on, was living a life of thanksgiving unto the Lord, hallelujah. Do you think Lazarus ever forgot that he was dead? Do you think Lazarus was thankful that he was living because Jesus raised him up from the dead? You think Lazarus' life was a witness and a testimony to the people around him? Why? Why was Lazarus' life a, a, a witness to the people? Because they all knew that he once was dead, but now he was brought back to life by Jesus. He was given a second chance in life, wasn't he? He was given another opportunity to live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was living a life of thanksgiving. But guess oh, what has that got to do with me? What has that got to do with you? Well, let me tell you this. The Bible says that we were once dead. Listen to me. The Bible says we were dead in our sin. We were dead in sin. But Jesus came and called your name. And when you came to Jesus, the Bible says he gave you new life, made you a new creation in him. He's given you a second chance at life to live for him a life of thanksgiving. Lazarus was raised from the dead and he was singing the praises of God and he was found to be at the table of God. If God has raised you from the dead, you should be thanking God every day that you live. Lord, you gave me a second chance at life, a life to know you, a life to live with you, a life to sing your praises, a life to declare to the world, I once was dead, but now I live because of Jesus. I once was blind, but now I see. Amen? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Too many people live lives of, where's the victory, where's the, where's the joy, where's the thanksgiving? Do you know that you were dead? Do you know that Jesus gave you new life to live for him? Right. Every day that we live has got to be a day of joy and thanksgiving in here. No matter what I face, God has given me a new life, another lease on life, a new, a new joy, a new hope. Yous are all little Lazaruses. In the sense that you were dead, but now Jesus, Jesus, nobody else, Jesus raised you to new life. Are you a new creation in Christ? Then you are born again. You are born again. You were dead, but now you're alive to Jesus. Hallelujah. And when he says, unbind him, meaning, you know, Lazarus, where was he? He was was in the grave. He was in a dark place. There was no light. There was no sunshine. There was darkness surrounding him. And Jesus says, no follower of mine will ever walk in darkness, but they shall possess or have the light of life. Jesus took the wrappings that that had us bound. When When we were living in sin, we were bound by sin. But Jesus, when he saved us and redeemed us, he says, loose them. Nothing else can have you bound again. You are free in Christ, and we will not allow sin to bind us up again. We will not allow sin to put us back into darkness. How many of you know you've got to live in the light of Jesus Christ? You've got to live in the light of the Word of God. That is why we've got to live a life of thanksgiving. Lord, cause me to know your love every morning. Cause me to know the loving kindnesses of God. I want to know your Word, which is light to my life. And I want to thank you, Jesus, every day that I live. You should find a, a, a place in the morning to just give thanks to God that he's given you life that day. Life in him. A new, a new life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We take for granted that we get up every morning. We take for granted and we just go around like, Jesus, thank you that you've given me life. Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Let him go. He's free. No body and no thing is going to hinder him again. And that's why Jesus said, when you're born again, don't let anyone or anything hinder you from giving thanks to God. Don't let anyone or anything hinder you from walking with Jesus and going forth to proclaim the wonders of your God. Don't let anything or anyone hinder you. God, Jesus has called us to be unbound and to go free. The Bible says that we are free in the liberty of Christ that he has given us in the power of the Spirit of God. Why are we loosed? Why have we been unbound? Why have we been let go? Let me give you some reasons, and if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, God wants us to, to live a life of thanksgiving, and how do we do that? What, what happens when we're living a life of thanksgiving? We make believers of, other, of others. To make a believer, you must be a believer yourself. You've got to be alive to Christ in order to bring someone from death into life through Christ. Amen. The Romans 15 verses 15 to 21. It says, nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given me by God. It's only by the grace of God that you're a new creation in, in Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you thank God for the wonders of his amazing grace over your life? Hallelujah. And he says that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. He says in verse 18, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word or deed. I don't want to talk about anything about my life other than what Jesus has done in me and through me. I want to tell the world what Christ has done and is doing in my life. Is Jesus Christ, the one who raised you from the dead, who's given you new life, who's washed you in the blood, Are you living for Jesus or are you telling people what Jesus has has done and is doing in your life? You're a living epistle. You're a witness in the world around you. Living a life of thanksgiving is letting people know, especially around Thanksgiving, especially around Christmas, that Jesus Christ has changed my life. He saved me. He's changing me. I love him and he loves me. Paul said, I don't want to talk about anything other than what Christ has done and is doing in me. And he says, And I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's, but it as it is written, To whom he was not announced, they shall see and hear. Paul knew, I'm a new creation. What God is doing in my life is awesome and wonderful and I can't contain it, I can't hold it back. And I don't wanna go tell someone who already knows him, I wanna tell somebody who doesn't know him the wonders of what God is doing in my life. What greater witness is there is that you can tell someone what Jesus Christ, what he means to you, what he is to you, and what he is doing in your life. That is the greatest witness to the gospel that you can give as you bring people to Jesus, what is Jesus doing in your life today? What has he done? What is he doing? Giving glory to God. Paul said, I can't help myself but to preach of what God is doing inside my life. Isn't it wonderful? God has done, is doing something in your life. How many can say God is working in your life? If he isn't, then we got to take a check. God is working in your life, and that's a wonderful thing. The creator of the universe is working inside of you. And Paul says, I can't, I can't do this. Look in verse John, chapter 12, verse 42. John, chapter 12, verse 42. It says, nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him and Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out. Of the synagogue, and it says they began to please man rather than God. You see, it says there that they were they they believed in him, but they didn't want to confess him or talk about him. And Jesus, when he loosed Lazarus, he said, "Unbind him and let him go. Don't let anything bind him from confessing my name or walk, walking with me or telling people about me." But man, Pharisees, and religion will try to bind you up and say, well, that's nice that you're living, but don't talk about Jesus. But it says here, nevertheless, they believed, but they did not confess him. We gotta be confessors of Jesus Christ. We gotta be confessors of what Jesus has done in your life. You could tell people what Jesus is doing in someone else's life, and now, "Well, well, that's wonderful, fine, but what's he doing for you? What has he done for you? That's what people want to hear. That's what people need to hear. Whether they receive it or reject it, that's up to them. But unless they hear what Jesus is doing for you in your life now, that's the greatest witness and testimony. That's living a life of thanksgiving is confessing Jesus. To make a difference. Living a life of thanksgiving makes a difference in people's lives. Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 to 3. The Bible, you you know the Bible, it says what it says. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and it's also in the Gospel of Luke. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. If Christ is in you, If Christ has given you new life, if Christ is at work in you, forming you and making you into his own very image, God is at work in you to bring forth through your life the same thing that he was sent to do. His work is ongoing. His work continues in that he was sent to preach good tidings to the poor, spiritually poor. And that's what we've got. You've got good news inside of you. You can, bring some, you can bring good news to someone who is spiritually destitute, who has not heard the gospel. They're poor. People who have not heard the gospel, who do not understand, they're poor. But you have, can bring good news, glad tidings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He sent me to heal the broken do you know broken-hearted people around your lives? Well, you have Christ in you. You have the word of God in you and living a life of thanksgiving says, Lord, I see someone with a broken heart. You came to heal the broken hearted and you are alive in me at work in me. You have anointed me with your Holy Spirit. Help me Lord to reach, let me be a vessel to reach that broken hearted one. We need to have a, a heart of compassion for the broken hearted around our lives. You can't heal the broken hearts in the whole world, but Jesus can, but Jesus wants, Wants to work in you to reach the people close to your life that are broken hearted. That if you tell them about the love of Jesus in your life, how Jesus has healed the brokenness of your heart and he can heal your heart if you want. He is the healer of the broken Amen. And to go on with all the rest. To proclaim liberty. There's people that are held captive by sin around your life. Do you know that? Everyone in here can raise, don't raise your hand, but everyone in here can raise their hand and say, I know people around my life that are bound by sin, held captive by sin. Well, Jesus says that he's come to set the captives free. And how does he do that? By working in and through your life. By Christ giving you a new life, making you a new creation, working in you. He can work in your life to set captives free. Lord, see that one who is held captive by sin. Use me, Lord. Work in me, Lord, to deliver that one. You've come to set the captives free. You're in me, Jesus. Give me an opportunity to share the gospel that has the power of God, is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. So we can make, listen, you can, we can make a difference in people's lives if we choose to. God made a difference in my life, in your life. Jesus raised us from the dead and gave us new life. We've got to live a life in thanksgiving and say, Lord, this new life that you gave me, I want it to make a difference in the lives of the people around me. Hallelujah. The Bible says that many who saw Lazarus raised from the dead gave glory to God. And when people know that you used to live one way, but now you're a new creation living another way, if they see you Living for Jesus, in love with Jesus, they're going to take note. Do you think people don't know that you're walking with Jesus and living with Jesus? Your life, our lives, are making a difference, and that's a life of thanksgiving. Living thanksgiving is our lives and making a difference in the world around us. I forgot who said it. I don't know. It was a little Lord Fortaleza or somebody says that life should, or her, her mom said. Uh, said to little Lord LeRoy that the world or life should be a little bit better because a man lived. But the world around us should be a little bit better because Christ lives in you. I want to live a life of thanksgiving, Lord. Living thanksgiving that the world around my life will be a little bit better because you live in me. If you don't live in me, Jesus, I have nothing to offer the world around me. But because Christ lives in you, you have something to offer the world around you that can make it a little bit better, and in some cases a whole lot better. Hallelujah. To demonstrate that God will love and accept anyone that comes to him. You know, there's people around our lives that don't know if God loves them, would come to them, or would even care about them. The Bible says in John chapter 6, verses 37 to 40, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will in no wise cast out, or by no means will I cast them out. And this is the will of him, in verse 40, that everyone who sees the Son and believes him may have everlasting life. We have good news. You have good news in you that God wants to accept, will accept, anyone and everyone who comes to him. It doesn't matter where they've been, what they are, or what they're doing. The good news is that if you come to Jesus Christ, Jesus can give you new life, everlasting life. He can take you out of the deadness of life and bring you into the Zoe life of God. You have good news, we have good news in us. And we've gotta say, Lord, Help me to see someone who does not feel accepted or loved by anyone. And help me to let them know that they're loved by you, that they're accepted by you. You have such good news inside of you. And living a life of thanksgiving is saying, Father, I want to live, I want to give thanks. Help me to find someone. Show me someone, Lord. Let me see someone who would not love and not accept it. And let me bring to them the good news that you love them you will accept them you will not turn away anyone hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. We live in a world that people are looking for accepting, looking for to be loved. The world of Twitter, the world of Facebook. People want to want to feel accepted, want to feel loved. Why do those Why do those venues uh, Why do those venues draw such huge numbers of people? People want to feel accepted, want to feel loved. And if we, you've got the greatest venue of all. That there is a God in heaven who loves you and will accept you the way you are, will receive you. But He will change you and transform you into a new creation and you will know the wondrous love of God. Living a life of thanksgiving is wanting to let people know they're accepted and loved of God. We, God has given a wonderful thing to us. He's placed a wonderful thing inside of us. His love, His Holy Spirit, His Son Jesus Christ who lives in you. The Bible says Christ is in me. People need to have their hearts healed. People need to be set free from things that have them bound. People need to know somebody somewhere loves me. And there's one who is not a man, but who is a God of heaven and earth that loves you above all things. I want to live a life of thanksgiving to God by saying, Lord, life is not about just me It's got to be about me and you. You've got to work in me and change. But Lord, I see a world. Why did Jesus come? He saw a world that was dying and dead and going to hell. And Jesus came to save them and heal them. Has he done it for you? Well, then, Lord, let me be a vessel to the world around me that the world can give you thanks just as I thank you, Lord, as they change your life. The Bible says in Luke chapter 13, verse 16, there was a woman, listen to this verse, Luke thirteen sixteen. So what not this woman being a daughter of Abraham who Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years Shouldn't she be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? There's a woman who was bound for 18 years. And Jesus said, shouldn't think of it. Should not this woman, doesn't she deserve to be healed from the bounds of Satan who's kept her bound for 18 years? Do you think she would want to be set free? Do you think she deserves to be set free? And this is what Jesus said. They were saying you can't do that on the Sabbath. But Jesus said do you think this woman should stay that way or do you think she should be set free? Lazarus come forth. Unbind him and let him go. Jesus heal that woman. And God is saying do you see people around you that are bound? Do you think they should stay that way? Do you think they should live that way another day, you've got it inside of you to go to them and say, Jesus can heal you. Jesus can set you free from the things that have you oppressed, from the things that have you bound. And we, the Bible says that if the Spirit of God, the power of God is in you, greater things can you do. Do you believe God is a miracle working God? Do you believe God can set captives free? Do you think God has a power to heal? Do you think God has a power to deliver? Do you think people should continue to live that way? No. Well, who makes the difference? You do. Don't drag them off to a pastor. Don't drag them off to an evangelist. You have the power in you to go to them and say, let's pray. Let's believe God. Let me lay hands on you and pray right now. Because if you don't believe that you have Christ in you and you don't have the ability to make a difference in their lives, your life will never be effective to them. But if you believe Christ is in you and your life can make a difference, if you can go to someone and say, let's pray right now for this, for whatever it is, you're living a life of thanksgiving to God. There's no greater glory you can give to God is when you see a need to say, Jesus, this woman, this individual needs to be healed. Lay your hands on somebody, pray with them and believe. Don't tell them, hey, I heard of this great preacher. I know somebody who could prophesy over it. I know somebody who could. No, you're there. You make a difference in their lives. You pray and believe. Unless you don't think that Christ is in you. Unless you think that your life doesn't matter, that your life is powerless. Do you believe that your life has power? Do you believe that Christ in you makes a difference? Now don't get me wrong, bring them to church. We'll pray, we'll believe God. But don't miss the opportunity to lay your hands on someone and pray and believe God. Don't be afraid to lead them to Jesus. Don't be afraid to say, let's pray and believe right now for your healing. Don't be afraid to say, let's pray right now that God will loose you from the chains that have you bound. You put it in your own words, you don't have to say it that way. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Our lives have to be imitators of Jesus. We've got to be, be we, our, our lives need to be, be be actively formed and fashioned in the image of Jesus. He went around doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The devil is an oppressor of lives. He hates people, young, old, babies, grandmas, everybody in between. The devil will oppress you. But Jesus came to, to, to destroy the works of the devil. And it says he went around delivering everybody that was oppressed of the devil. Lazarus, come forth, unbind him and let him go. Christ is in you, and God is giving you authority and power over all the forces of the enemy. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Then confess it over people's lives. You have the power to say, loose him in the name of Jesus and set him free. John 1 John 3 8, it says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. 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 We were dead in our sin. Jesus delivered us from death into life. When we see someone bound by the devil, bound in sin, we know, you know, there's a life to be lived. And it's not a life bound in sin, it's a life to be free in Jesus Christ. And we've got to make an effort and a want to to deliver people from the bondage and the death of sin. Sin will not bless anybody's life. Sin will bring them down to despair and to turmoil and to confusion and to depression and oppression. Sin destroys. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And that's why when people are brought across our pathways, you, we must do, stand up and say, Jesus has come to set you free and to give you new life that you might have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Let's believe God right now not next week, not when Sunday comes, not when Wednesday comes, but right now the church grew because people were reaching people at where they were at every day. And then when they were saved, they brought them to church that we could praise God together, that we can hear the testimonies of how God delivered somebody, how you met somebody and prayed with them and God set them free. The church is missing it. The church thinks that you've got to bring somebody here and have the minister deliver them. No, God brought them across your pathway. You need to preach to them. You need to lay hands on them. You need to believe God and then bring them to church. That's living a life of thanksgiving, a life of power and authority. Oh, thank you, Lord. John chapter 5, verse 17 It says, Jesus answered and said to them, my father has been working until now and I have been working, working. Nobody likes to work. If you had the choice to work or not to work, how many of you would choose to work? Jesus said, my father has been working and I've been working. God never stops working the work of the kingdom of God, the work of salvation, The work of setting captives free. It's a work. Work means you have to get up and go do something. Work means doing something. Jesus said, my father has been at work. I've been at work. We don't cease. We're always looking to set captives free. We're always looking to transform lives. We're always looking to raise someone from the dead out of their sins and bringing them into life. God never sleeps nor slumbers. God is always working. Jesus said, my father's always working. I'm always working. You know the Holy Spirit is always working. But are we always working? And that's why, Lord, I want to be a, li- a living th- a life of living a thanksgiving. That I want to be working with you and in you and through you to reach the world around me. I want to work for the kingdom and the cause of Christ. I want to work for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to work that souls will be saved. I want to work, and a work means you got to get up and want to do something. You got a purpose when you go to work. You got a job. You got a purpose. You know what you have to do. And Jesus says you. I know you know what you have to do. Just go tell somebody about what I've done for you and then tell somebody who I am. That by my stripes they have been healed, freed, they can have new life and an abundant life. The work that we have to do is to bring the gospel to the world around us. Not just the apostles, not just the pastor, not just the evangelist, not just the missionary. Everyone who is a born-again believer in Jesus Christ carries forth the gospel, the precious word of God, the precious gospel that Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto all who believe. You're carrying power to set someone free. And it's not you, it's the power of God in you. You understand that. It's not you. It's not how cute you look or cute you don't look. It's not how you talk or don't talk. It's not how you walk or don't walk. It's It's who is in you. Christ is in you who is the power of God unto salvation. And you can bring that to the world around you. And when you do, you're living a life of thanksgiving to God. Thank you, God. There's no greater feeling, I'm telling you, There is no greater feeling on the face of this earth than leading someone to Jesus Christ and hearing them pray the sinner's prayer. There's nothing, nothing, nothing greater than that. And we should be living for that joy. Jesus said, the joy of the Lord, the word says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. What's the joy? The joy is bringing someone like Lazarus, who is dead, watching them come back to life, through the power of God. Lazarus, come forth, unbind him and let him go. Working with Jesus, working with the Father, doing the work. John chapter five, verse 30 says, I can do nothing of myself, but I do the will of the Father. First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. I love this verse. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Everything you do for Jesus is not in vain. It has its reward. But we've got to work. The Father is at work. Jesus is at work. The Holy Spirit is at work. And if we're one with Jesus, if we're one with God, if we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we've got to be about the work of of the gospel, the work of seeing that there's a world around us that are, that is dead in sin. There's a world lying in a tomb like Lazarus, living in darkness, having no hope, nowhere to go, can't see daylight. But Jesus says, my amazing grace that one day they can hear the voice of the Lord as they call upon the name of Jesus. Jesus will say to them, come forth, be born again. And then they could say that song, I once was lost. But now I'm found I once was blind but now I see I've been unbound and set free to tell the world of what Jesus did in me hallelujah 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 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish have everlasting life there's a story in the gospel of mark in chapter 2 verse 12 you all know it there's a story of the four men when jesus was in the preaching in the house four men went to get their friend and they said come with us and they went they carried this man who couldn't walk took him up on the roof and these four men were at work They were working. They carried the man. They brought him. They reached out. Reached out to their friend. They reached out to their friend and says, come on, we're taking you to Jesus. We're taking you to Jesus. And they took, they dug a hole in the ceiling. They lowered him down. You know the story. Jesus healed him. But because there were four men who cared, Four men who says we are living lives of thanksgiving to Jesus. He's a savior. He's a healer. He's, 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 what, he's who you need. And we're taking you to him. And they said they lowered him down. You know the story. He was healed. And verse 44. I'm sorry, verse 12. says immediately he rose up, took the bed and went out in the synagogue and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorifying God Saying, we never saw anything like this before. Hallelujah. They never saw anything like this before. How did that happen? Four men wanted to take their friend to jesus jesus who is the author of life the giver of life he said to that man come forth in the name of jesus rise up and walk your sins be forgiven and the people said we never saw anything like this how did that come about through jesus yeah but because four men decided they wanted to take their friend to jesus bring your friend to jesus tell your friend to come to the cross of Christ, that he is the one who can set them free and then bring in the church where they can give testimony and praise God. This is a place where you can dance and shout and praise God for what he has done in your life. Reach out to your friends and let the world say, I never saw anything like this. You see what they did? That But let the world see what you do in reaching out to the world around you. Bring your friend, your family, bring them to Jesus. God, he could do, we never seen anything like this before. Oh, no, because they never met Jesus before. But once you come to Jesus, all things are possible. How many, of you know, nothing is impossible for Jesus. And so why, why would we not say, Lord Jesus, I want to live a life of thanksgiving to you. Show me somebody who's hurting. Show me somebody who's dead in sin. Show me somebody. Lord, you are the author. You are the miracle worker. You are the deliverer. You are the one who can raise him from the dead. And set them free. And I want to end with these two verses. Matthew chapter 28, you all know the verses. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that i have commanded you and lo i am with you always even to the end of the age living a, a life of having a life that that is a living thanksgiving to god is a life of submission to the great commission it's for all of us who are believers it's not just for the 12 It's for everyone who is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you a believer? Then the Bible says, All authority has been given to me, to Jesus, in heaven and on earth. All authority. And Christ is in you. And Christ is saying, Go therefore. Go therefore. Because I have all authority in heaven and earth. I have authority over death. I have authority over sin. I have authority over every disease, every sickness. I have authority over everything that holds people captive. I have authority over everything that oppresses mankind. I have authority over everything that depresses man. I have authority over all the forces of the enemy. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. Therefore, Lazarus, unbind him and let him go. Therefore, go, it says, and make disciples. Number one, go tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. How do you make a disciple? By telling them that you're a disciple because Jesus has set you free and bringing them to Jesus. That's how you make a disciple, bringing someone to Jesus because of your testimony, because Christ lives in you. As you lead them to Jesus who who gave you new life, that Jesus will give them new life. Make disciples, number one. Just like those four men took their friends to Jesus. Bring your friend to Jesus. Lead them to Jesus. Pray with them. And then it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. Make disciples of them. And then follow up. Follow up. Let them know. Baptism. Water baptism. They got to die to self and live for Jesus. Follow up. Don't just bring someone to church. Don't just lead someone to Jesus and then say, God bless you. See ya, Have a nice day. Invite them. Teach them. Bring them. It says, make water baptized. How? They got to be taught from the word, the word of God. And who's doing it? Make disciples. Baptize them. And it says, look what it says again. Another follow-up. Reach out. Follow-up. Follow-up. Reach out. Follow-up. Follow-up teaching them to observe all things. We're an ongoing process. Why do we come? We're learning. We're being taught to obey all things. It's an ongoing process. That's why God establishes church. That's why God tells us in relationships with the people around our lives, we've got to reach out and follow up and follow up. Keep them in the pathways of life. Keep them before the word of God, which is life. And, it, it, and it demonstrate, as it says here in Luke chapter 24, Jesus says when the disciples were waiting, he says, wait until you receive power from above. Wait. Have you received power from above? Have you received the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Because if you have, then Jesus says, now you are equipped fully and totally. Go and go and reach out to the world around you. So they went out, in Mark chapter 6, it says they went out and preached that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed many with oil who were sick and they were healed. God is saying, go out, you're filled with my son, you're filled with my spirit, you're filled with the word of God, with the love of God, go out and make a difference in, in the world around you. And in Luke chapter 24, I'm going to end with this, it says that he led them out. And he as he as he ascended into heaven and it says, and they worshiped him, then returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and worshiping God. They were continually coming to the house of God to praise and give thanks to God and to worship him. That's why we're here. Because we are new creations in Christ. He has raised us from the dead. He has given us new life. And the last verse I want to leave with you is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Write it down. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. We're ending with this. And it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph to, in Christ and who through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. God leads you, leads you in triumph. He leads you in triumph. That where you go, he goes. If Christ is in you, where, he go, where you go, he goes. And so Christ is saying, reach out. I've set you free. See the world around you and know that you have the power in you, Christ in you, the word of God in you, the Holy Spirit in you that has the ability to transform and change a life of a person around you. The brokenhearted, the captives, those dead to sin, Jesus wants to say to them, Lazarus, or whatever their name is, come forth. And not just come forth, but unbind him and let him go into the world to bring the gospel to others that they may glorify God. And so living a life of thanksgiving is understanding you've been raised from the dead. Christ has, is living in you that your life can be giving glory to God by reaching the world around you the chapter 12, it says Lazarus was next seen sitting next to Jesus, eating at the table with Jesus. That's where we need to be, sitting next to Jesus, eating the, eating the, eating the word of God, eating it and being nourished. It. And it says, and when they saw Lazarus, they knew that Jesus raised him from the dead. And there he is sitting with Jesus eating with jesus and it says they began to praise the lord when people see that you're a new creation loving and eating with jesus the word of god it will make people praise and glorify god your life your life can bring glory to god as you reach out to the world around you let's make a difference this thanksgiving this season Pray God give you an opportunity to share who God is in you and what He has done in your life and what he is doing with you. If you never told someone in your family that Jesus has caused you to be born again, tell them this holiday season, this Thanksgiving, whatever you want to call it, tell them, Christ lives in me. I once was dead, now I live. I once was blind, now I see. I once was lost. But now I'm found. Hallelujah. Stand with me.